Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty. And Matt, I, I'm going to do something with you. We're going to do an exercise real quick, all right? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the name of a country, and you're going to tell me the first thing that jumps in your head related to that country. Oh, boy. Australia. Okay. Uh, shrimp on the Barbie. Good. Okay. I would have also accepted Sydney Opera House, Kangaroos, Down Under, Good Day. That's not a knife. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mel Gibson, but preferably Mad Max. How's that? Uh -huh. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm All of those that. resonate, right? Yes. All right. Now, as an example of, well, I'm, I'm going to throw another one out. Austria. I don't have yeah, anything. See, yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> and this this is a defining example of how ignorant Americans are of a global uh you know, if there wasn't a movie about it, yeah, and yeah. that movie wasn't, you know, permeating uh every theater, then we have no idea I have no clue about Austria. So was was Beethoven from our, Austria? Yeah, or, see that Okay. That, that, well, <laughs> <laughs> A three hundred year old has guy? been our show has been singularly insulated in terms of perspective for the past few months, uh, where you and I have a a purely American centric perspective, and then I think it's time to broaden that. We need well, the sensuous yeah. sounds of infosec to have more input. Hang on a second, we're 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 Americans. We're the best at everything in the world. Why do we need an outside perspective, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get where you're going with this. Sometimes it does help to take the lesser minority viewpoint, just <laughs> just so you can feel benevolent when you already make the choice you were going to make anyway. Okay. But I would like you to welcome to back to the Century Sound of Infosec, one of our favorite guests of all time, Rafti. Rafti from Safing in Austria. How are you, Rafti? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Um, <clears throat> I think there are much more things to know Austria about. And there is a movie which we Austrians all, almost exclusively have never seen. But many people are like, like many Americans, at least, uh, who I know, when they hear Austria, they think the sound of music. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's us. Uh, again? The Von Trapp family. You've never seen okay. the movie. No, I have never seen a movie. And I, I, the only thing I know about it, it's apparently very cliche. And, of course, we don't all wear lederhosen all the time. Um, <laughs> You're lying. So... I can see you on the video right now. You are so wearing lederhosen. For, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are at home and are only listening you know, to the audio component, he's fully – he's got the hat, too. What's a hat called with the little feathers sticking out? No, of course, I had Tyrol, Tyrolean. That's Tyrol is uh, one of our district. Like Austria is also a Confederate country. Um, I think, as far as I know, I, I recently learned this that the German speaking, like the Dach area, as we call it, uh, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, are apparently much closer to the U.S. than um, like the U.K. is, because the U.K. apparently, from their governance system, is very different, um, where they have these devolved governments, and we have a confederacy, and so Tyrol is one of our districts. We have nine, so <laughs> even though we're just a country with eight million people. 
people. We have nine. nine right, we're a confederate right. of nine sub-countries. It's, it's very similar then to, like you said, the 50 states of the U.S. where we're a republic. Of... <laughs> yes, yes, very, very similar. All right. Um, okay, Sound of Music, that's great. That, that ranks right up there with Mad Max as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And of, and for me, of course, um, what we typically say as Austrians is the place where there are no kangaroos. So for me, my first answer would be kangaroos. <laughs> Australia, that's kangaroos. And we have no kangaroos. So except in the zoo, of course. Um, and and I know of like, because we have, we're a very mountainous country. Um, and I heard of like um, some people who are having a kangaroo farm up in the mountains and they're calling, calling them Alp kangaroos because of the alps alp kangaroos oh. it was and they're like living there like almost like the 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 place where they're in yes it's fenced in but it's so big and you can walk in there and stuff and apparently they're dangerous so you're not encouraged to approach them too closely but it's it's a very funny thing so that is hysterical. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's funny. I haven't spent much time in Austria, but I have been to Australia a couple times, and I did, <laughs> I did get attacked by a wallaby and had to punch it. So, um, yeah, that yeah, that I, nothing ever attacked me in Austria, including Austrians, which is good. Um, all right, so Rafti, uh, we we wanted to have you on because. I, again, I would like to get another. Matt and I have been agreeing way too damn much. We we have <laughs> we have very similar outlook on things. And and I, if anyone I'd ever have to argue with, it would I would love it to be Rafty because uh, he's so damn polite about it. Um, <laughs> but before we get into that, I would like to give you an opportunity. I want to follow up on our previous episodes. Y your company, Safing. Um, was unrolling some new products or, or just about mm -hmm. was scheduling some new products. I'd like to hear about those if you want to give us the, the thumbnail update. How has that gone? Has, have, you, have you done well? What's, what's going on? I'm, I gladly give an update there as well, but maybe to Matt, I don't know if you know this, like I've been on two episodes so far and I'm apparently the fourth listener, even though apparently um, Ben is forgetting about me all the time. Um, but uh, the first episode, we actually discussed uh, the book. Uh, I think it's, it's the last non-like um, study material book you released, is it? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, and we discussed this and of course, um, what my company does is very privacy focused and we're believing in, um, like giving people the opportunity to restrict, uh, data that's flowing out. And, uh, the idea that Ben has been proposing in the book and I, I kindly got a, a preprint preview so that we could be talking about it. Like, I think in the week it, it came out and I already finished the book and it was mainly about like the idea that, all the the troubles that we have I, i'm paraphrasing of course but all the troubles that we have can be linked to us trying to to be secretive about stuff that's like known to the people who should not know it anyway and only the public who who does is the ones who doesn't know it and can act upon it and what's the matter then with the whole like um uh, if the if the power difference is so so big and and what we are doing Rocky, at Safing, you have just given a better digest of the book exposed than my publisher ever did. That was, that was fantastic! I really that's awesome. 
the bed it's it's what uh, yeah it's what i do like uh, living for privacy and of course i'm thinking about the differences and and what would be the benefits of ha having less privacy and having more open data around and stuff and so what we're doing is trying to leaven the playing field from the other side getting the power to to the individuals back again and what we're basically doing is a uh, user um, firewall it's fairly easy to fairly easy to use uh, it's a software you install and it sits on the kernel and it intercepts and surfaces, uh, surfaces all the connections that are trying to leave your device and that are trying to come in and you can then selectively allow it. So for instance, um, if you're using Spotify, why does it need to connect to Facebook? Just kill the Facebook connection, mm. but maybe you still want to use Facebook on your browser. So like disabling Facebook on your firewall, network firewall, might not be the solution for you. So for us, you can individually select what is allowed, what isn't allowed on a device per device basis. And the, yeah, give it a try. It's uh, we're on Windows and on Linux. Um, so okay. you can, of course, use it. It's free. And the product we've been launching is our is the EOM parts are free. So we're freemium and uh, it's an <laughs> It's a multi-identity network. Um, it's called the SPN, the Safing Privacy Network. And what we're doing there is um, we're looking at the connections that try to leave your device and um, like going into a, an IP database and look up where this connection wants to go. So if your connection wants to leave in the US, then we're creating a tunnel for this connection to leave in the, in the US. It's still unencrypted. You have a multi-hop, so no server knows who you are and where you're going at the same time. But then if you, for instance, want to watch The Sound of Music, and apparently it's maybe there's an Austrian website for it. It sees that you want to connect to an Austrian website and parallel to the one tunnel that you're getting to the US, you're getting one in Austria as well. And we have multiple servers in the US, so we're splitting around your connections in the US as well uh, across different states. And um, this even, like, we have even users complaining about it and are like, well, why is this, uh, why are my websites in the different languages now? And I'm like, well, <laughs> this is our feature. You're spread across the globe. The websites can't track you anymore. They don't know where you're at. They can't target your language. They can target your demographic. They don't know who you are. And so this is that uh, we released that. We have um, users using it at the moment. And if you want to um, try it, um, we can talk afterwards. And you can, of course, uh, get <laughs> yeah, access sure. there as well. That, that, that sounds it, a lot like, uh, I was going to say, it sounds a lot like Tor. Uh, the other it that is true. Tor as part of its capability, right? Okay. You have the, the whole onioning capability. Uh, see, but, this no, is... the, idea, the idea is to decentralize identity yeah. and spread the identity across the entire internet. So when you say that my website's in a different language, it's because that connection to that website might have come from the most local server to that yeah. website, which happens to be the last hop in that, in that server's jurisdiction. So it's yeah. going to be in that local language, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And when you're talking about like a Tor, yes, um, the unknown encryption is like uh, like the one in Tor, but only in theory. We did we do not use uh, the Tor code in that regard. Um, but our our cryptographic model has been audited by Cure Fifty Three. I don't 
know what they else audited, but they're apparently fairly reputable in the space, like in the Dach and European area. So maybe this is something I bring to the table and uh, <laughs> European auditing um, service. And but um, so yes, in the in the sense of it being Onion encrypted, it's similar to Tor. But what do, do we don't do, or what where do we diverge from Tor? Tor only gives you one tunnel. So you're only getting one. So in that regard, it's basically like a VPN. You're you're getting your whole connection flower from the same exit node. And people could be then traffic matching your connections through that uh, single tunnel. They find the Facebook photo you have been downloading because you visited that site and they can follow that Facebook photo through through the network. I don't know if Tor is doing like, we're doing repackaging with the hops as well. So we are, um, the, the packages are split and they are like um, repackaged and uh, with different sizes between the hops as well. So we are improving there as well. Not sure if Tor is doing the same thing, but um, uh, we're doing this also. And, it's funny because... Um, Robin, when, when Robin was uh, still co-hosting, we had done an episode talking about how there is uh, a, a group of Tor routers that evidently has been being run by a single entity and has been harvesting that endpoint data. Uh, and that could be aggregated or could be de-anonymized in a way to identify those entities just by cross-reference. What you're saying is you've got different streams coming out of different servers. It, who's going to be able to follow those threads simply because there's no way to point it to any single user or any single traffic stream, right? Yeah, absolutely correct. Uh, and this episode I listened to, and this was when I last time thought, oh, I need to talk to Ben again. This is something <laughs> I'm excited about. I need to talk to you again. Um, but apparently my life has been busy, yours too. And um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I remember that episode. And um, yes, this is, of course, one of the reasons why we think we're different as well in that regard. And the other thing is we're not touching the dark web. So what Tor also gives the capability of is hiding servers behind like hops as well what we would want to do is giving um like users the capability of having an spn node right next to their server but their server needs to be online and accessible through the open web as well so we're not hiding any servers um the reason why we want to offer that is because we're paying um community nodes we're calling them um for the data that's coming in and so basically an idea that we're having none have signed up yet uh but is to have like the capabilities of um getting rid of paywalls um because our users are paying for the traffic they're they're causing and so on so this is an idea that we're having um this is something we're just exploring but um in general why do we think or what do we think like from ben's perspective where he's like well everything needs to be known and we agree with the same thing, but um, I think a related topic we might get into later, but you have been talking about a couple of episodes as well ago with the ministry. Uh, no, not ministry of truth, but you know that's, what I'm talking that's about. exactly what we've been talking about. <laughs> yes, but, but, yes, the disinformation governance board and the new incarnation of the disinformation governance board. Yes, let, let's definitely <laughs> talk about that too. I'd love to get your take because I don't think we're going to agree, but I think we're going to have very reasoned explanations for why we believe what we do. Uh, uh, let me ask you though, how's the SBN product been going? 
Are, are you getting good market penetration, or do you have a that? I think you had kind of a cult following among safing users, didn't you? Really? Oh, it's it's it's. Uh, I don't I don't know about cult following. Well, maybe you know some more uh, information than I do. I can tell you. So, from how is it going? Market penetration. I recently discovered that um, we are making it very hard for people to send us money. So it's been going good. But I recently, <laughs> um, because we are now like at uh, German, like they're called proxy store it's very interesting it's a, like a private store where you can order amazon packages through their store to them and pay them in cash and you can do this remotely and then just pick it up and they don't like uh they're doing like post boxes where you just come in with a code open the box so you never have to talk to a person and it's very private yeah okay so it's funny because i was just talking to robin about this uh, uh last week Last time I taught a class in the EU, I did have some uh, Swiss students, and they were mm -hmm. explaining to me, Switzerland does not connect to Amazon. You cannot order from Amazon in Switzerland. And I said, really interesting. I said, how the fuck do you exist? Because <laughs> unless, unless Amazon could deliver to my door, I don't know how many months I could live. And they said, you know what we do? They said, we go and we get a post office box in Germany or Austria. We spend three months, you know, quarterly making our orders to the post office box. And then once per quarter, we drive across the border. You know, we have lunch, we pick up our Amazon stuff and we drive back across the border. I said, wait a second. Isn't that literally smuggling? Are you, are you you're, a, you're an actual felon? And they go, yeah. Everybody does it, and you know nobody at the Swiss border is actually looking for Amazon boxes. They don't. That's not you know. And they say yes, and you load up the Volvo or the you know whatever. And you, you know. I was I was about to say I, I know three months worth of Amazon for me would take probably a semi truck to take across the border. How big of a how big of a car? They don't have American sized pickup trucks and SUVs over there. <laughs> You've got to be ambitious we... with what you order. <laughs> Uh, I think um, the American way of saying it is, I think a wagon is the typical car in in the German speaking area. Mm -hmm. So, like um, the ones not like their slope uh, is going down, yes. but the ones that are big through the end. Yeah, this is typical um, to see around here. And Volvo, yes, you see them as well. But of course, VW and um, and Skoda and and brands like this are more common here. I heard this from from people as well who are like coming from the US over here and are very confused that you almost see no Fords here and and mm -hmm. very little like Mazdas and so on. And they're like, well, well, where are all the brand like all the brand everybody, they must all be so rich. Everybody's dri driving VWs and BMWs and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. no, this is just uh, th those are like local brands here so yeah. <laughs> you have to import them to the s they have to be shipped or something but this those are the typical cars here yeah, oh, so it's... Oh. okay so so you still haven't answered the question do people send the money to the post box to yes. buy the spn product oh 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 with that regard yeah yeah so the proxy store thing yeah they reached out to us there they now uh bought like coupons the the story i wanted to tell they bought coupons of us so that they can resell them in germany and pay in cash because we accept cash as well people are sending us cash i'm not encouraging anybody because it <laughs> is illegal in some countries to send cash by mail um but 
artists, people are doing it and we are allowing it and we are like accepting cash as well. And it's, um, people are doing it. We never heard of any email getting lost, never got any letters from the US yet. Um, but of course, having a local store is easier for some people. And so, um, and I tried to like before sending him gift card codes because we recently built this ourselves. I was checking and how, how, what is the process to activate this? And it's like, like in, in German, we have a saying, it's like going with the church around the cross. So it's like very like uh, around about like, it's not very straightforward and you have to sort of go back and track back. And it's very, so it's an eight step process or something like this to give us this, like activate the coupon code. And we don't want to make it that difficult. So we're doing a lot of improvements. We're doing a lot of stuff there, but we have been, we have been growing and we are seeing, um, we, we recently passed a 3.5 thousand GitHub stars, for instance, and we recently, yeah, and it has been growing very rapidly as well. Um, like uh, alternatives like Simple Wall, um, we surpassed them a couple of months ago. They have not even surpassed the 3000 mark, and we like uh, already are close to the 4K mark. Uh, and of course, GitHub is very technical. Um, a lot of mainstream users are using it. And we are still very much in that um, very geeky segment, I'd say. But You're um, not in the Play Store yet. You're not in the Apple Store yet. Not not yet. But, but if people are asking, when will Mac be here? And I'm like, Android will be first. Um, okay. Like, All right. Can't say yeah, when. But Android will be first. <laughs> well, congratulations. That, that, sounds, that sounds fantastic. I'm really glad to hear. How much does an annual subscription cost? How much does one of the gift certificates or the gift cards? 100 euros. So okay. 99 right. that euros. Reasonable. Yeah. 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 That seems reasonable. Yeah. And that's, it sounds like it's for the hobbyists who may be twitchy and paranoid, like Matt and I are in the security <laughs> field. Um, who just want who want to have that extra layer of protection that it's still not it may not have hit mainstream yet but it's for the privacy nerds right yeah 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 I'd say so at the moment and from our communication we need to improve that as well um, but from our communication and how we who we engage with it's very like it's very Linux and privacy enthusiast focused so um, the most of the the questions and the github issues are Linux related and the second most I'd say are like VPN related and we're like yeah we we try to keep up like um especially like with open vpn we try to stay um compatible but of course like if proton vpn is changing something if nord vpn is changing something we we can't they of course are changing something we can't stay compatible with them um all the way it's um first off we're selling a competing product and second off um it's just like they can or they should um, maybe be aware of what their users are using as well. So, But um, you don't want to create dependencies either because you don't – if they get – let's say somebody purchased them, you don't want <laughs> to have that effect trickle down towards your users either and, you know, maybe something wouldn't be secretive anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that happens. I, it, that happens all the time. Yeah, interesting addition maybe towards the the thing you were a bit, uh, you have been saying about the Tor network and uh, single entity uh, like owning multiple servers. We are like surfacing who is like who is the owner of the server, who where is the server located and stuff like that, so people can actually like say this server shall not be used uh, either as a hop or as an exit or stuff like that. Uh, so that's and transparent. Can, the the server that participate in the SPN is transparent to the users. Yes. Yes. And the users get to give feedback on that. 
Yeah, if they want to. We are we are like developing as well. No, but they can not feedback. They can on their device locally say this oh, note shall they can be ignored. Select yes. And say, I don't want that one. I want to use this exactly. One. Exactly. Exactly. Shit, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the moment it's very like um and we're doing it country by country as well. So if you're saying like something like I don't want to have any I, I don't know. Canadian. Uh, I hate the Canadian. Oh, I don't man. want a Canadian server at all. Exactly. You can right. like disable the Canadian um, like servers all, all combined. Yeah. Uh, awesome. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Again, that sounds very granular. The sort of thing nerds would get into. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but something right. I discovered recently was that we it's like very granular settings are important i think um it's good to start with them but we need to be aware that the like the uh, defaults need to be easy and that it should just work out of the box and we're not there yet as well because we're very like security and privacy focused and most of us are like know their stuff and know what to enable to sort of come through again and like get everything going and but for the yeah. general public when you really want to sell this thing as mass marketed you're going to need a, a very clean very simple ui so that someone can just go click click and not have to worry about it yeah yeah, yeah. okay and, and that's got to be a challenge and it's got to be aesthetic yeah. too which yeah. is weird um but probably <laughs> also the explanation why the mac users won't get it anytime yeah. soon <laughs> Also, because Apple is just changing how their kernel access is like behaving, and of course, it now with switching to like um, M1 and M2 now, they changed a lot of, as well. And so, yeah. yeah. And, and Germany just outlawed their chargers, which is entertaining. <laughs> um, okay. Germany, so, oh, this is what you have been hearing. Sorry, uh, but it was the EU uh, that. Oh, said, was it the well, EU? It wasn't Germany. Yes. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> And it's not, and they, okay. I you, know, it, I, under, I okay. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but it's, funnier to, it's funnier to say it the way I said it, damn it. Robbie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in tune with the delivery, man. Come on. Speaking <laughs> of which, now I want to talk about the very important InfoSec topic that I brought you on to give us perspective on. Monkey pox. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Do you know anything about monkeypox at all? I actually, yeah, I started getting information about that. I I read um, a two pager apparently from the is it the CDC? Yeah, about the one it. I and, is that the one? Yes, exactly. This is the one I I read, and the other one was um, from the German government. I had a couple of weeks ago, and uh, because everybody, of course, is rolling their eyes and is like, "Well, what? No, another." sickness another pandemic are we real what is happening and and the main thing for everybody who does not know anything about um like the monkeypox yet it's not airborne like i think even the cdc thing they don't say it as explicit they're only saying like it's by touch uh, but this is this they're very sure it's only by touch so as long as you don't like start switching clothes with a lot of people or start rubbing against everybody like on the subway or i don't know in a shopping mall you should be very good <laughs> like it's it's not okay. too okay all right so right <laughs> and, and now here's the here's the addi in addition to you being austrian which is why I wanted to get your perspective on this. You also have a background in biomedical field, right? In research, yes. you've done yes. work in labs. Okay, 
So, so you're going to have a heck of a lot more to say about this than Matt and I, at least from a useful perspective. <laughs> but, but what I really wanted to talk about monkeypox. See, you started right away with what you've read about Matt. Do you know anything about monkeypox? No, but it's got a funny name, and I that's can't. that is exactly the amount that I knew about monkeypox. That's all I knew about monkeypox was the word monkeypox. <laughs> hilarious to say it's it's fun to think about because monkeys are just inherently funny yes, and, yes. you know and pox you know eh, pox is one of those like <laughs> old words we think like smallpox or you know right. like it's the black plague but it's old it's old timey and you think of monkeys right. you know being old people and black and white movies and oh okay so anyway so monkey pox Here's what I want to talk about, and this this is how I tangentially get to it from an InfoSec perspective. The two-page flyer that I shared with you both prior to this episode is a circular published by the CDC explaining to the general public about monkeypox. And the title of the flyer is awesome. And I will share a link uh, in the show notes when we, when we publish the show. It's called... Social gatherings, safer sex, and monkeypox. <laughs> One and, of those things is not like the other. <laughs> and more importantly, they left out the Oxford comma. So in English, when you construct this title or when you parse this title, social gatherings is one thing. Safer sex and monkeypox is a separate second thing. It's not that there's three things. All right, this pits, this is why I have trouble meshing this kind of messaging from particularly a federal government entity uh, with the fact that their communication skills may be somewhat lacking. And I want to jump right down into one of the things that um, Rafti said, where it's it's only by touch. Is that? So physical contact, yeah. skin to skin contact. Okay. Yeah, very close contact. See, see but they, they, they kind okay, that's kind of how I've been seeing this. But yeah, they, on, on page one, they do suggest that it is possible that there's contact with respiratory secretions. Yes. Um, uh, so phlegm, uh, snot. Yeah. Wow. No, but they're yeah. they're investigating this. This is what research is investigating: if the virus can be spread when someone has uh, no symptoms, or could be present in like fluids as well. Or yes. I, they don't say uh, saliva there, so it might be that um, in spit it's present and they know it. They don't make this clear at any point. But when they're saying like oral contact, like kissing and stuff, they're saying is uh, I mean talked about safer sex as well. Um, but like oral um, sex and kissing is something that is disencouraged as well um, because it might be spreading. Uh, but this is as far, as far as I know, due to the virus um, being on the skin and this uh, around like uh, the mouth um, as well. Okay. But none of this is clearly or explicitly stated in the two page circular whose entire purpose is to explain to the public about monkeypox. You know what else isn't included in this thing? What's the fatality rate of monkeypox? What's the downside of getting monkeypox other than saying that you had monkeypox? Yeah, honestly, 
Again, do you see anything in this circular that talks about what the risk is, what the damage is, what the long-term effects are? Does, did that is that apparent to either of you? No, no. All I saw was a bunch of things trying to discourage me from going to a rave. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And in particular, <laughs> and, and here and here's where the messaging really kind of disturbs me. They have a pride flag showing a bunch of people. That doesn't look like a rave. It looks like the lamest rave. It looks like old people at a rave. Um, it's on the second page. It's almost yeah. disturbingly like we want to discriminate or we want to discourage gay people from having raves. Yeah. I mean, it's almost what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. But this which, is, which, I can which, already tell you. Yeah, go ahead. The German, like what I heard from a semi-German, um, like it's not as official as the CDC letter, but from a semi-German news outlet, like state affiliated, maybe, I don't know, um, is that apparently from a, from a, like, uh, and the, the way how they tried to frame it was, um, cause a causation of course is not. Like causalization is not causation, but apparently it has been spreading in the LGBTQ plus community faster. So maybe they have the same information. They're they're much more vague about it. But I'm very like I was I knew this already that it has been spreading in that community faster. So at least that was the German like government like um, information that I got. I of course haven't seen any data like. <laughs> to, to uh today but uh maybe they they had this in the back of their mind the people who are designing this already and sort of there's, like there's actually a link in the first paragraph of this two-page circular which is cdc.gov slash monkeypox which is an easy url so i did go look at that and they did make that very clear on the cdc website is that it, it, this is incredibly prevalent in gay men and it's almost as if they're doing their their level best not to say that this is HIV too. I mean, it, it's it seems almost. I mean, all of the wording and the entire pro approach is what I remember from the 1980s when the CDC was sending out their awkward messaging about that pandemic. Um, but okay. So with that said, with that said. To answer the question, what is monkeypox? The circular's first sentence is, monkeypox is a disease that can make you sick, including a rash, which may look like pimples or blisters, often with an earlier flu-like illness. That sentence is poorly constructed, can make you sick, including a rash. Um, okay. So can everything else. Yeah. Uh, all right. From what I understand, and what it doesn't say in this circular but does say at the cdc.gov slash monkeypox site is that what monkeypox is is that you get some blisters and a rash and pustules which are a very bad <laughs> blister um they last for about three weeks and then you may have scars afterwards this is the entire danger of monkeypox now as awkward and ugly as pustules and rashes and blisters and flu-like symptoms are, it does not seem to me as if monkeypox is a existential threat to humanity. Um, we could all, you know, live if we had some blistered scarring. Edward James almost 
is an, a, a wonderful <laughs> example of how you can still go on to live a full life after mm-hmm. scarring, you know? Yep. See you. Um, uh, I don't know why the world has gone crazy and governments in particular have gone crazy over this thing. Do do either of you have any perspective on this or knowledge of this? I have none other than just that it's all of a sudden a thing because of course it's a thing because it's 2022 and we now have pandemics. And so people get all up in arms and so <laughs> I, just I, happen I, out of the blue. But this and, is... A- and, and you don't actually need to get treatment. It's not even like gonorrhea or syphilis, where if you leave it untreated, you could die eventually, like a decade later, from spirochetes in your brain. Um, but th- th- your body takes care of it. Monkeypox goes away after three weeks. We've just gone oh. crazy. Are we sure about that? I don't know about this, but um, what I what I've been uh, thinking earlier as well is this is the reason why, it, like, it, before you had uh, the chance to ask any questions, I'm like, it's not airborne. It's not. We're not having to continue wearing masks for this. It's just like if you don't rub yourself against other people, like, um, it, like in public, it's almost like it because of the areas where it is. It's as far as I can tell, very unlikely to be on hands and so on. So it's not like touching a rail somewhere or something. Okay, is all right. But I'm sorry, be... this scares me more. What if Wait. you meant you actually mentioned the clothing thing, right? Yeah. Um, okay. And the CDC does mention that it could be spread from, quote, contact with objects, comma, fabrics, parentheses, clothing, bedding, or towels. And yeah. surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox, and, and you're saying, yeah, it's generally not going to be on your hands, assuming no one's scratching their pustules and then touching. Oh yeah, the that's true. Okay, oh, that's true. Okay, you know, let's, let's go with that assumption mm-hmm. first. That mm-hmm. scares me more than airborne transmission. I mean, with airborne, I could forget the mask. I could go get a HEPA filter. You know, I could get a gas mask. Now I'm at the grocery store. I have seen people during COVID years touching a product, lifting it up to their face so they could stare at it, putting it back on the shelf and touching the neighboring product. That scares me more than an airborne transmission myself personally. Mm, good good point i don't know how like resistant and it doesn't say or at least i haven't heard it how resistant like the i think it's a virus is after leaving the host um because this was i don't know if you recall this as well at the beginning of covid we were thinking that even that maybe surfaces can be transmitters as well because people are coughing and uh, if like the droplets are like falling onto the table and if you touch them what then and if you then touch your mouth or something is are you infected like this or can you be infected like this and as far as i can tell um like it doesn't say anything about how long the virus can like live um away from the host and then on page two one of the ways that the cdc's suggesting that you can lower your risk during sex, okay. I saw this. Let's get past the assumption of I want to have sex with someone who has a rash. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the. They suggest consider having sex with your clothes on. Uh huh. And it's not a rash 
anywhere. It's a rash eater, like like near the genitals as well. Specifically, uh, where you're going to be having sex. <laughs> exactly. You, you kind of want to take a look at anyway on your partner. Just, I, that, this is kind of standard practice where I'm from. Um, <laughs> but the fact is, they tell you to have sex with your clothes on after telling you on page one that clothes are a thing that you could touch and get the disease. I, I'm sorry, this whole thing reads kind of like a 14-year-old boy trying to convince a 14-year-old girl to go to third base. I mean, it just really <laughs> sounds awful. Am, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. This is this is very poor messaging oh, uh, overall. It's incredibly um, bad. If uh, this was all I was relying on to know anything about monkeypox, I would have no clue. I, a, I would assume that everybody I saw during the day going out had monkeypox now. And B... <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't get down and dirty with any of these people. So I, I guess I'm just going to go home alone. <laughs> well, you're married anyway, so you're never going to have sex again. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, okay, now I would be more confused about monkeypox if this was the sole thing that I had to go on. Honestly, yeah. I want to do a. Okay, Rafti makes Matt and I look incredibly stupid. How many languages do you speak, Rafti, or how many can you understand? As opposed to like you know writing and you know full comprehension. Okay. <laughs> Understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe three. See? I don't know. Like, of course, German and English. Um, yes. in our company, we're speaking English all day long, so um, it's our our language there, and of course, German at home. But my my wife is Romanian, so I understand at least Romanian as well, and because it's um like. Roman language. Um, maybe you some understand. French. Get off your lazy ass and take out the trash. That's what you understand in Romanian. <laughs> yes, yes, and okay. maybe maybe in Spanish and Italian as well, because oh. they are very close <laughs> as well. And I know I know married couples where she's Romanian and he's Italian. They don't officially speak the other language, but they're like their marriage is is going good as far as I can tell. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So you are you're at least an order of magnitude beyond Matt. Matt, you don't speak any other languages besides Kentuckian. <laughs> you mean besides Russian, French, Spanish, and German? No, just Kentucky. What? What? You speak four <laughs> languages? No, I, I I haven't at certain points in my life. No, I I used to joke that I could speak four languages. But I I can't anymore. No, a long time ago I used to. Yeah, no, where I live, no, we have no real reason to speak anything other than Kentuckian. So okay, okay, and I barely speak English. Uh, and and that's you know, and I studied Russian at the academy because we were convinced we were going to war with them uh, in the nineties. So, um, but I don't know any of that anymore. All right, here is the whole reason I brought that up is to show understanding of language rafti when i tell you the word anus what similar english word do you would you use in a colloquial or unscientific setting to describe anus ass or arse okay okay <laughs> for the, for those english people <laughs> okay matt what would you go with but yeah, but, but, but. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm sorry. I would say asshole. Okay. Yeah. I, to me, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, because English is barely what I understand. The anus is the whole. 
Right. It's not. It's not your ass. It's, the, it's not the posterior. It's no, the yeah. rectum. It's not the the glutes. Right. Yeah. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me. No, tell you're, me. I'm no. Wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. In the circular, in the in the, the two page, they have anus and then parentheses butt. But. <laughs> I saw that. They do. Yeah. Yes. And and this is this is in the same bullet point where they say um, oral, anal, and vaginal sex are touching the genitals, parentheses, penis, testicles, labia, and vagina. Very formal terms, very scientific terms. Or anus, parentheses, but. <laughs> you know, they went from they they shifted tone in that line. They went from <laughs> formal, you know, uh, uh, adult language, and then to call an anus a butt. It's suddenly as if they're talking to a five year old. Am am I wrong there? Uh, no, I don't think you're wrong because yeah, any grown person knows what an anus is. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to explain it with a with a colloquial term. But even if you did, but would be the wrong one because yeah. it's not a matter of it. They're not, they're not the same. They just aren't the same. Uh, on the pictures they're showing, like on the CDC page, because you pointed out that there's a link, all the pictures are of none of those things anyway as well. So I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a finger. And what the hell is that second photo? A back. That oh, the second one. What is it? A wrist? No, no, no. I don't know. The, the, the afterwards is a shoulder. The, that yeah. one, maybe it is. Yeah. And then a hand again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this kind of flies in the face, Rafti, of your whole, well, touching the railing's not going to be tough because that's not where the pustules are. Mm. <laughs> I kind of know how the blisters got on the hands. I got to say, I, I know how that happened. <laughs> I understand as well. Yeah, we. Oh boy, howdy! Oh, and, boy, and and then you think how how do they uh, get to to the mouth as well? If you're, <laughs> like I've got to guess. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. Wow. Uh... Wow. I get you. But in regards to counts, uh, the CDC site um, actually has a counts number. You know, like it says maps and cases. Okay. Um, and I just had a, a quick gander, and as far as I can tell, it's like it's similar to what the Germans have been saying as well. It's not even a thousand cases, probably like worldwide. Oh no, it yes. actually says now total confirmed cases um, yesterday, uh, according to the CDC, two thousand five hundred twenty-five cases globally. worldwide, globally. Yes, yes. yeah, globally. Okay. And the United oh. Kingdom is on top there. Oh, yeah, and Germany. Maybe I've been remembering Germany as well there because Germany is uh, uh, below 500. And this was sort of like what, I'm, what I was thinking. Okay, Germany has less than 1,000. And Austria isn't even on that list. Oh, there it is. Four cases. See? And Australia, eight cases. Double the cases. Oh, great. <laughs> According to the CDC. <laughs> Another reason Austria is better than Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Percentage-wise, I think it would example. be higher. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> let's talk about the CDC website real quick. Uh, I'm trying to find the exact page again. But they have an FAQ about monkeypox, you know, frequently asked questions. And in the FAQ, 
one of the questions is, should I be worried about my pets getting monkeypox? Mm-hmm. Which wasn't something I was even afraid of until they put it in the FAQs. <laughs> But so can you remember? Okay, okay. I found I found the link. I found the link, and it kind of scares the shit out of me. Um, but it, it, it says, you know, how do how does monkeypox spread? How contagious is it? Um, what's the CDC doing to prevent monkey monkeypox from spreading further? And then the bottom one is, could my pet get monkeypox? And the answer is, monkeypox is zoonotic. Are you familiar with that term, Rafti? Because I I was not. I'm not either. It's okay, and then the sentence goes on to say, meaning it can spread between animals and people. Oh, how delightful! <laughs> but COVID is as well. The next sentence is, however, CDC does not currently believe that monkeypox poses a high risk to pets. We are mm. continuing to monitor the situation closely. Unless you have a pet monkey. Uh, okay, so <laughs> here's the next line. During mm-hmm. the 2003 monkeypox outbreak in the United States, we did not see disease spread to domestic animals other than prairie dogs. <laughs> Matt, you're going to be more familiar with prairie dogs than Rafti is. Can you tell us what a prairie dog is? Uh, yeah, it's like a, a it's like a chipmunk almost. It lives in the in the grasslands and it makes holes in the ground and they stick their heads up and they're super cute and they became a a, a type of an exotic pet for a while. That's um, what I was going to ask you because they said we did not see the d- disease spread to domestic animals other than prairie dogs. Yeah, implying that prairie dogs are domestic animals. <laughs> yeah, some people do have them. They 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 put measures in place to stop it because it was. Prairie dogs are—they have some kind of unique uh, biology, where uh, kind of like them and uh, armadillos, where they have the leprosy uh, susceptibility. Prairie dogs have some weird susceptibility to some kind of diseases, and that was one of the reasons that they stopped wanting people to to take them on as exotic pets. But yes, I do know that having the prairie dog as a pet, yeah, it's a wild animal, but yeah, somewhat domesticating them—that was a thing for a while. Rafi, a prairie dog is a fucking rat that looks cute. Okay, <laughs> it's like. I- it's just like a gopher. Oh, you're familiar? Okay, all right. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I just like had a look and was very like, I I thought I knew what it would be in German, but apparently it's just the same name. It's like the <laughs> Rihund. So, yep. yeah, it's, it's a it's a large gopher, and they can get they can okay. get to be really. I think they're also called groundhogs. Uh, you know, depending mm-hmm. where you are. Okay, it's all they're all very similar. The 2003 monkeypox outbreak, I shit you not, was in Minnesota, middle of the U.S., up complete. Like if you were to draw a line from Louisiana and go north, you'd probably hit Minnesota before you hit Canada. And (laughs) somebody imported some prairie dogs that they thought came from somewhere else but came from Africa and brought over the monkeypox. Minnesota is a giant state with plenty of wildlife i i would think you could go outside and grab a prairie dog i don't know why you would import one from africa but people were doing this and then keeping the rodent in their home and then they were surprised when they got exotic diseases this is you know (laughs) i'm sorry you deserve the pustules (laughs) should have gotten a chihuahua instead yes Uh, something more normal exotic Uh, 
So I'm going to segue right here. And I'm going to go from this to the um, Disinformation Governance Board Part 2. The other link that I sent the both of you was an announcement from the United States Web uh, for the United States White House. That is the uh, president's um, place where he sleeps. Uh, It is the head of the executive branch. And they have created the White House has created the White House task force to address online harassment and abuse, which this is coming about two or three weeks after the attempt to create a body called the Disinformation Governance Board inside the Department of Homeland Security, which got laughed out of existence as people said that is a terrible, terrible name and a terrible, terrible idea. This sounds exactly like the same idea, but wrapped in language that sounds like the intent is to protect women and LGBTQ people. I I don't know. I I read this thing. It's about four pages long. It baffles me more than anything else. Uh, What do you two think? Oh boy! Can you make yeah. heads or tails of this? I've I, I I read through it. It's it's a difficult document to read because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it has a lot of circular logic. Um, I it sounds like a solution searching for a problem, much oh. like the disinformation board. <laughs> you know, we 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 have a solution here. What do we apply it to? Okay, the, the first try was uh, whatever the, the, the things were on that. And the second try now is, okay, let's see if we can apply this instead to uh, other people who are getting harassed and abused online. And mm-hmm. so I uh, don't see how it's going to be effective in any real way. I don't see how it's going to be enforced. I don't see what, what, what its purpose is other than to say we've got, it, we, we've got this thing now. So we can say we did it. Mm-hmm. And um, Rafti, did you? Can you make heads or tail of this? I mean, I, I again, the only language I barely understand is English, and this is torturing the language beyond all recognition. What did you get anything better out of this than I did? No, no. I the the thing I was looking for is what about the dietti? I yeah. was looking, and I'm like, where are the kids in that? And the other thing, because you were saying, like, establishing uh, something and then, like, keep on using it in ways it wasn't initially set out to do, I think that the U.S. has some experience with that. Um, what was the act again? I mean, I've been very young when, when like, um, 9-11 happened, but this was sort of the turning point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it has been changed and adopted and... Yeah. And it was supposed to have been sunsetted at least twice. And each time the federal government, to their credit, has dropped some of the provisions of it, but have continued to reenact other provisions. It has not. It keeps limping along and won't fucking die. Is mm. and, what it is. and I'm All thinking right. maybe like with that task force, it will end up in a similar way where they're like, well, we we can all agree that harassment and abuse for the for like some people and Apparently, that the idea aren't something we're going to sort of like um, protect with this task force, at least for now. And sort of like we can all agree that those are people we want to protect. And um, 
or maybe I, I don't. Th this is what they. This I is don't. what they think they want. <laughs> okay, and the and, one and, to and here's, uh, and here's why I say that. And they don't mention the Yeti. I would say yes, protect the Yeti. I'm I'm all with you there. The one that I have a problem with. One of the things I really don't like is one of the groups that this task force intends to protect is political leaders, public figures, activists, and journalists. That's Those are four groups that need to be harassed constantly. <laughs> well, you know, In order for fair. a healthy democracy to, to continue, you must accost those groups, I mean, with words. I'm not talking in the physical realm. I'm talking purely in online activity, only with words. You must harass them all the time in order to continue testing them and ensuring that they stay on message and they stay uh, principled. Um, mm -hmm. I really don't like the idea of a government body put into place to reduce word attacks on government bodies. This sounds almost reactionary to the fact that the Disinformation Governance Board got shut down because of public outrage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's also protecting the journalists. So what about, like, if they start attacking this, each other? In, in Austria, <laughs> in Austria, what do you have oh, to do? What do you have to do to become a journalist? Oh, uh, that um, we actually, ha I don't actually know, but like, as far as I can tell, yeah, um, you have to register uh, as a journalist, but I think that's basically it. Maybe you need to have some sort of like, because we, to register um, a, a company or that you're doing something, um, some of them require you to have some prior like, um certificates or knowledge or whatever um so like if you studied journalism i guess this would class uh, qualify you to to register as a journalist or something like that but i don't actually know there are some That's some awesome. okay see now things you can just do it's very funny because we have a colloquial term that sounds like it's literal in Austria called journalistic license or literary license. You actually mm -hmm. issue licenses to your journalist. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. that, and it gives you legal protections. It gives I, you I legal it, protections. Oh, I bet it does. I bet it does. <laughs> Matt, what do you have to do in the U.S. to be a journalist? Um, write a sentence. Journal. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Yes. There is, the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States specifically says anyone is a journalist. Where we have freedom of the press, meaning I'm a journalist, Matt's a journalist. The, the fact that we're, Rafti, you're an American journalist because you're on an American podcast right now. Congrats. I hope I didn't screw up your licensing over there and now you have to oh. go register yourself. Um, yeah, the, the, I find whenever that calls out journalists as a protected class, the thing that troubles me, having been a professional journalist for many years where I got paid to write for newspapers, is um, if the government starts issuing special protections to certain people who do public messaging, but not to others, that seems as if we have another word for that. It's called propaganda. And um, <laughs> that's a very dangerous situation to create. And I do not want those people to have special protections. And I want them to be harassed. Again, democracy and a liberal environment only exists when everyone can undermine and, and accuse everyone else. You have a scientific background. 
what is the purpose of peer review, Rafti? Mm, to make sure that like what you're right is actually factual correct and that like you strive to a higher standard when you write you don't just like stuff that you criticize as well like with language with the cdc thing as uh, and stuff like that to get all of those things out of the way and then to focus on the important parts so peer review is always sharpening the knife basically like everybody who's reviewing it wants to get the edge cleaner and to sort of like to have the science and it's an important part of the scientific method, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the whole point of publishing your results of your tests is so that uh, anyone else could perform your same action and check the repeatability. Um, in the scientific community, Rafti, are people more, are other researchers more likely to be looking to reinforce and repeat your results in order to demonstrate how smart you are? Or are they looking to prove that you did something wrong? Depends. Um, it, it's sort of like, it. Uh, uh, well, I, I know you wanted an easy answer there, but sadly, sadly, the money uh, has come their way as well, where they're like looking to have people tooting their horn, horn as well and having like the message repeated. Um, because of course, if you, if you publish, um, this is how you get like fame in the science community as well. And usually only, only good things are published. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's supposed to be to gain notoriety. I can disprove somebody else's study or test, right? That that's often the way it's supposed to, it's supposed to be adversarial. Exactly. Exactly. It's supposed to, it's supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why we, we shouldn't be stroking each other's pustural ridden genitalia, right? We be, <laughs> no, of we course not. We should be attacking each other. That's the whole point, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the, the thing that is drilled into your mind is as somebody who's working in that field, if it's not written down, it never happened. And um, so everything you do, every test, if you forgot to write down one one small detail um, if what you did and um and then in the end it worked or it didn't work it never happened it doesn't matter at that point you can just throw away uh, away all the work and if it has been months you can throw away the months of work and yeah so yeah it's very adversarial in that regard that everything you have to do um you can't exclude exclude any dates uh, everything has to be in there and stuff like that so it's from the approach how you started uh, in that regard, very adversarial as well, where you have to think about what what holes do I leave, um, and how can I like in my recording? And you're like, you need to think that they're all closed. Um, like, how do I track all of this so that nobody can attack my method? So you're very right. You're yes, supposed to be yes. sensible. Um, yes. But part of that is other people attacking you, which could be considered, yes. I guess, by the White House as harassment. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt, you pointed out that there's circular logic going on here. The, the thing that blew me away, the thing that's really kind of frightening is the language in this announcement. First of all, it's the White House creating this entire task force by fiat. There's no legislative participation. Congress did not make this thing. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is they keep conflating expression with violence. And right. They're trying to draw lines between me saying something mean online and me going into a mall with a rifle. Um, right. 
And I can imagine that most people who show up to the mall with the rifle at some point have said something mean online. I can totally see how they how they got there. <laughs> or have had something mean said to them. Yeah, oh very possibly, right? Maybe it's in response, you know, the, yeah. the whole the whole um uh Columbine well, misinterpretation you, of who is the bully and who is the bullied, right? Right, right. Because uh, um <sighs> One of my biggest problems with any of this type of uh, um, this isn't even legislation. This this type of a, a, a task force is who gets to define what harassment is, who gets to define what abuse is, and who is setting that that line as to whether something has been crossed. Okay, this is now no longer uh, uh, discourse, you know, maybe heated discourse, and has now become abusive. Um, that always seems to be the the biggest problem because it's always entirely subjective. What you think is just you know, me, Ben, and Rafti sitting around giving each other crap over, you know, Zoom is 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 one thing. But if one of us all of a sudden takes offense to it, did it did that same thing all of a sudden become turned abusive or harassment? And in and in this announcement, it seems like the people they're allowing to define it is the people that they're calling victims or survivors, mm -hmm. which automatically <laughs> it, again uh, it goes right to the realm of. It's subjective, yeah. completely subjective, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, because if someone thinks that it's in their best interests to, you know, e even if in the moment you didn't think that this was harassment, but then upon reflection, you realize, oh, I can get something out of this because if I if, if I change this one word from discourse to harassment, now all of a sudden I'm a victim and and I have certain protections. What? what why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> That's a perfect one of the examples is. 17% of the survivors reported that there was posting of intimate pictures without permission. Mm. Um, to me, this goes right to the heart of the matter that you were talking about. And this is one of the major problems that the White House says they're going to cure with this task force. How did someone get your intimate pictures in order to post them? If at some point earlier in the communication, you did not share those images with that person. So it has, gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 and that brings up an interesting gray area because I am familiar with what's termed revenge, revenge porn, porn right? Where, 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 where you were previously in a consensual relationship uh, that, that involved you all mutually doing things and having pictures or movies taken, taken of, of, of those activities, you then break up. And then one person or the other takes those and, and, pub, and makes them public without the consent of both parties. So it doesn't necessarily mean, I think, you know, uh, to, your, to your point, it, it, it could just be because of a falling out with a previous lover. And that's the problem. That's the issue. There was a, a, there's a total gray area between we're together and you can do no wrong. And we've now broken up and you have to take the thing down that I already allowed you to post. Uh, and this this gets really dicey. And as uh, a person who creates content for a living, it also bumps right up against the intellectual property concept of if you agreed to pose for a photo I'm taking, I'm the photographer and that's my art and I own that image. You hmm. as the subject should not if, again, you were voluntarily participating. Um, so but what if you didn't even realize you were participating to begin with? And that's a problem. That's an issue. And I can understand that. That's non-consensual, but that's not what the, that's at least not the term used in this announcement 
it says posting of intimate pictures without permission. It does not say non-consensual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have... I have a lot of difficulty with a lot of these things and some other terms that are not defined like cyber stalking Mm -hmm. uh, and sextortion, which sounds really dangerous and frightening, but I don't know what the hell it actually is. Right. Do we have legal? No. Yeah. 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 So we're making this up as we go along then, I guess. Yeah. It seems it's like, like the... they grabbed a whole bunch of buzzwords and frightening things and lumped them all together and said, we're going to fix this with government. And um, <laughs> Right. Yeah. What was the the famous case where the judge said, I don't know how to define was, pornography? That, but Yeah, but that was the, su- the Supreme Court uh, findings in, it was either the Heller or Miller, de- or the Mil- I'm sorry, the Miller test or the Miller decision where they tried to define the the four elements of what constitutes prurient material. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think Walter Matthau played that Supreme Court justice in a movie, uh, which was kind of damn funny. Um, all right. So I'm sorry, Rafti. Uh, as examples of American good policy... How, how do these stack up? Are, are these Austrian quality uh, policy? <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. We, our president, almost like, yeah, uh, the, the way our government is set up is is fairly different. Um, you mean you don't let your president just decide to, you know, create their own task force and go about monitoring people's uh, uh, discussions and communication? No. No, no, no. Why the no, hell not, it... Rafi? What, what are you? So, are you like Australia? Are you some backwards country run by kangaroos? Uh, and I know, actually, like, isn't it? Isn't still the queen head of government in the in Australia? I think they're a part so. of the Commonwealth, <laughs> and yeah. yes, the queen's still on their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but back to. Back to to that, um, yeah. I just I I sometimes with stuff like this, what um, when I hear or see things like this, one of the things I'm uh, like I'm maybe scared about is, of course, um, is like how long will it stick? On the other hand, this is not a law. And so I'm always like a little bit confused about all those like norms and like with all, like how, like how many things in the U S are not written laws, but are just like court cases, old court cases that have been decided and where they are like, well, it used to be like this for the past. And then, and I'm like, well, but if it's not written in law, how is this, how, how did we all as people agree that this are like, we, you all as people, citizens <laughs> of the U S who are allowed to vote, uh, agree on this. How is, uh, but it's just like, for me, Austria, of course, um, uh, we are changing laws, I think more often, or at least I hear of that more often and updating them. And our constitution has been amended a little bit more often. I think this is very famous in the U S that the U S constitution has almost never been amended. Like that, that it's so little, uh, the changes. And I just heard like that the state's constitutions change much more frequent, uh, as far as I can tell. And so in that regard, uh, maybe just the U.S. in general. I don't know, and I don't know what the what the president's power would be to to sort of like um, get something like that rolling um, in a more like 
in a better way. I don't know. You know, the, for me as somebody from Europe, um, I barely understand how the electoral college works. And I do know how the president gets elected, sort of. Um, but do you it's... know what's fair, Rafi? <laughs> you know what's completely fair? You probably understand it better than most Americans. I don't know how the damn electoral college works, <laughs> and I vote for it on a regular basis. It's it's a crazy thing. Um, yes. Uh, I apologize to the world that we are kind of leading the way on this stuff because it seems like bad policy approached awkwardly without, like you said, any representative legislative participation. And from a pragmatic standpoint, the awful thing that I seem to recognize, because I have worked in the D.C. area before, this seems like one of those things that get the foot in the door, as we say over here. Once mm -hmm. you start with this as a task force, it allows you after five years to go back to the legislative body, to go back to Congress and say, here are the results that we've noticed in the task force. Go ahead and make us a law which will create an agency that will give us funding that we can go and do these things. Mm. And it's 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 at the top of the slippery slope right now. And if you're going to do that, and I can understand that an executive may want to do something like that, I think you should start with very clear language, very clear intent, and it should be communicated flawlessly. Um, and we have not seen that in the past few efforts, along with the Disinformation Governance Board and um, this awful, awful task force. Mm -hmm. Matt, mm -hmm. uh, your take on this as an American citizen who will be subject to the task force's uh, investigations. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, anytime I see something like this, my first thought is, how can this be used against me personally? Uh, because someone out there is going to try. Or, I mean, it's not guaranteed that someone's going to try, but there is a chance that this is this law is going to, to not be protecting someone that that I love or myself personally, but it's going to be used to attack and, or come after or prosecute me in some way. And so, yeah, my first thought is, oh gosh, I'm glad I haven't been on a date with uh, another woman in 20 years because <laughs> I don't. I, I, I skipped out on the whole Tinder. Bumble, you know, a generation of, of online dating apps. And I don't have a, a long list of, of people that I've uh, uh, had relationships with. Be, you know, everybody that, that I was with was. You have fewer them. vindictive exes. Is right. What thankfully. <laughs> but I mean, but that's just me. And, and, you know, just because I feel like I'm safe with with regards to something like this possibly being used against me. I've got I've got grown sons uh, who live outside the house who, who are having relationships and things like that. Could it be used against one of them? My daughters as well. I'm not saying that this is necessarily going to just protect women. It could also be used to go after, um, you know, if, if one of my daughters gets online and starts uh, calling another woman, uh, you know, a, a word that she doesn't like, well, well, they come after her for some reason. So I'm always just curious because I, I never feel completely safe because just because for me personally, I've also got people that I love that I, I, I worry about when things like this come around. I, I'm totally agreeing with you. Every law has been weaponized at some point, and I, I, with, I always look through the lens of worst consequence. There's a law in one of the states in the U.S. that was designed to protect victims of crimes where they say uh, the names will not be released to the press or the public in order to protect the victims. Some police took part in what may have been an illegal shooting, and they're now not getting their names released to the public under this law. Again, it's yeah. one of those situations where the intent of the law was probably something different and now it's being misapplied. Yep. Mm. Uh, thank you both. But I've oh, I'm sorry, go just, ahead, Rob. Just a question. This is not a law, isn't it? 
no, or, no, uh, how, because I don't see where, because you're right. A law needs to be very clear and also clear about the consequences. I don't see, I haven't seen any consequences in here as well. No, this whole task force seems to be uh, allocating money for research purposes and to, uh, and I'm not going to quote the law, but it's to increase insurance or assurance that victims can access resources. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know what that means, that they can get on the internet and find help, uh, that they can... That they can get money or restitution for being harassed? I, it, 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 yeah. It's See, maybe awful. maybe I should get in contact with them. And I actually, we have actually mm, started talking with people who are like uh, with police protection and stuff like that. Because like our software is helping people who are being like um, stalked online and stuff like that, staying more private and like sort of cyber stalking, making it, making it harder. So maybe there's a business opportunity for me. <laughs> Bofty, get in on this shit. One of the things, <laughs> the task force has $3 million to uh, give out to victim services organizations. Oh, great. Advancing the use of technology to assist victims of crime program. Jump on the, get some of that money and then sponsor Accenture Sounds of InfoSec. <laughs> Wait, um, so then what about, okay, <laughs> I was just confused about, because the Accenture Sounds of InfoSec already sponsored the horse race. Wasn't that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> but now you would be so would would then saving indirectly sponsor horse races as well absolutely absolutely oh, i see and, okay and it's a female jockey so now you'd be assisting women even more and that's, oh, that's one great key. you're that's right fun. that's a wonderful thing wonderful. <laughs> uh, all right uh thank you both i've kept you longer than i intended to i really appreciate your time uh, I will say, finally, I don't know how they're going to protect women when we just elected a Supreme Court justice who says that only a biologist can discern between a woman and any other creature. Um, thank you, oh, Rafi. Where can, where can people find Safing products? Uh, Safing.io. Okay. Safing.io. That's, that's that's can... You know what you got? Okay. Of course, you can you can go to GitHub as well and search for or search Google for Portmaster. So there is an, an another extension that's fair, that's similarly named, but apparently maybe you can check afterwards as well. We got ranked higher on Google results now, so we sort of overtook um, them in that regard. So maybe this is a sign of us being. We don't track our users, so we don't actually. I can't tell you how many people are using the portmaster or where or stuff like that but seeing like on google results us being above the the competition even though we chose a name that has been used in in the industry as well is is very very funny so google for portmaster if you google for safing portmaster safing with an f um then of course you can can find us easier and you can contact me on twitter i'm at refd 101 outstanding Matt, anything you want to promote or suggest, or do you just want to go hide now and be more anonymous? <laughs> I'm going to the lake and forgetting I had this conversation altogether. <laughs> no, don't hire me for anything. Don't 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 give me any more work. I'm so overworked right now as it is. Don't don't look up my my website. Don't contact me on LinkedIn. That's uh, Matthew at NetworkTherapist.com. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, until next week, I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty.
Catch you again for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec.